to Star Wars Escape Pod and our next review for The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 4, Faster, which brought us back to uh, nostalgic themes of The Phantom Menace. And this week we have our co-host Blake and Bryce joining us today in the podcast and uh, digging up all this stuff uh, in relation to The Bad Batch, as well as looking over an article from thedirect.com. And it's called Star Wars, all 18 fired and replaced directors in the Disney era. So we're going to take a look back and a look forward at relevant Star Wars change-ups creatively as time's gone by. Let's get into it. landing all right welcome back to the show mr blake hey always good to be back another exciting bad batch episode to talk about so that's pretty cool yeah Always, always good time, and uh, this week we also got our friend Bryce joining us on the show. Welcome back, Bryce. Evening, fellas. Evening. How are you guys? Oh, pretty good, yeah. yeah. Doing all right. Excited to chat some Star Wars. Weekly yeah. uh, unloading of, of all, uh, all things Star Wars, that is, you know. Not always unloading, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this... Uh, this this past week, uh, well, I should say a week ago, uh, as of tomorrow, uh, we had episode four faster come out with the Bad Batch, and uh, there this was a bit of a more condensed, smaller kind of simple plot line. So this isn't going to take up a whole lot of time, um, but I figured you know let's run through it, let's let's talk about it. You know, it's part of the Bad Batch after show series, and then we'll kind of get into this uh, this article, which I found fascinating. Just off the bat, though, talk initial impressions, you know, about the about the episode about faster. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. And to be honest, th- I felt like what we got from this one episode with the racing uh, was more what I was expecting for the entire series of Star Wars Resistance to be. <laughs> right. And we didn't get that yeah. at exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah. Does it have a similar vibe? It does. Resistance? Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's Resistance went off on a weird tangent, though, and really fast. That was the biggest issue for me. Like, I was, I was excited for a racing show, and then we didn't get very much racing yeah because i thought it was going to be like kind of something along the lines of the like the hot wheels show for that's what i thought too right but just it's even like artistically designed to look like that with the cell shading right but instead it was i think there was a race in the first episode 
And then after that, it was all about like spy stuff and trying to figure out what the uh, first order was doing and mm-hmm. some like mechanic work. No it, racing. Yeah, you know, it, it was a short. It was a short-lived show too. It was only two seasons, forty episodes. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, aired between October twenty eighteen and January twenty sixth, twenty twenty, on Disney Channel and Disney XD. So, kind of like the same age group that resistance was made for, but then maybe take off a year or two because it was definitely a bit more on the, the younger side, you know, like audience wise, I think, um, sequel era takes place between episodes seven and eight. Is there any big like plot points that happens like that happens in the show that kind of like falls in with the timeline? You know, honestly, nothing super essential. Like, does anything important happen in the show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing, nothing incredibly essential. I mean, it, okay, did. it was more filling plot holes, I think, like yeah. explaining how the First Order made all their money. Turns out it was from gambling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <They> basically, <laughs> like, they basically just ran a casino. That's right, kids. Disney XD. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, are the kids the racers as well? So so it, it's not only gambling, but gambling on children. <laughs> <laughs> that is evil. That is very really hedging their bets. Yeah. <laughs> um, they kind of explained a bit more of the politics or the relationship between the New Republic and the Resistance. Whereas like the movies, yeah. the movies don't make it that clear, but the show kind of cleared a little bit up. Um, but other than that, really didn't do much. I, I don't really count it in the, if I think of all the Star Wars animated shows, I don't really consider this part of the Dave Filoni group of shows, you know, like. Filoni-verse? <laughs> the fil- yeah, the Filoni-verse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, like Tales of the Jedi, Rebels, Clone Wars. You know, like that. Those those shows all kind of like stick with me. Bad Batch, you know, they also kind of stick with me as 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 relevant to the Filoni verse and like relevant to the future of live action Star Wars shows. Um, but yeah. th- this one was a really kind of just random one off one off thing for young mm. kids. So. In regards to the to the um, episode, I <laughs> thought that honestly, it, I think it would make a very good like Mario Kart esque Star Wars game. <laughs> Actually, like, that's true. You know, like, like, uh, kind of like Super Bombad Racing for the N64. Like, it just it screamed like kids' game to me. It's like, ah, oh, you have like power ups where you can like shoot each other, and there's like shields and, and like stuff like that that they're like activating throughout the race. That's a good point. It, it is pretty fun. That like comparison. It is just Mario Kart. Really like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a it's like a I don't know. Like pod racing is very more of like F one. You know, mm-hmm. kind of, and this one's <laughs> much more of like an arcadey race. Right. Yeah. You know what I thought of when I watched this race? Spike is three. <laughs> Spike is three. Oh, Spike no. is three. The death race. The death Did race. Did Rodriguez with all the- have any part in this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the original plan for the, the scooter chase was actually going to be this race. They just yeah. reused it. Yeah. It was just the scooter race was just budget. The super budget. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, Robert, you don't have enough money to do all the crazy <laughs> stuff, you know? We can't afford to kill any more characters. There's only four of them. <laughs> and then they're racing, and then, and then the tube is broken. They got to go on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I feel you, Bryce. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I, you know, I, th- I, I thought this episode was fantastic and uh, um, as simple and kind of straightforward as it was, there, there isn't a lot to talk about, but I just sat yeah, there enjoying it. It's definitely it. a filler episode, right? Yeah, like, it was a filler. It was a good filler, though. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a bit strange for an episode this early in the season, I feel like, to be a filler episode. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I say it was for kids, but there is a guy in the crowd who just gets shot. Yeah, <laughs> and it really dies, and everyone's just like, "All right, we'll, we'll just keep watching like the race." I'm yeah, like, oh I thought that was- <laughs> it was shot so well too. It was just yeah. like you yeah. see his blaster ball shoot through the screen, and like everyone's like, "Oh, we're okay." And the camera pans back slightly, and the guy's like, "Oh," and like falls yeah. over. <laughs> it reminded me of that scene from Pirates. Isn't there a scene in Pirates of the Caribbean where that happens? It's where a guy has a fork in his eye, right? Well, someone gets shot. No, like someone someone gets shot oh. in the chest or something, and then kind of just sits back down again or, or whatever. It I was, mean, that's that's uh, PG. What is I this rated so. anyway? I, I I don't know actually. That's a good question. I mean, the same same age group as Clone Wars, I believe. But uh, yeah, PG thirteen is, is Pirates of the Caribbean. Because I mean, there's no blood. No, them. no. Yeah, if there's no blood, they they can technically have it on there, I guess. But uh, I thought it was quite comical. And Disney Plus, yeah, the they humor can, is, was all right. Yeah, the humor was the humor was great. Ben, I, I do like Ben Schwartz. Hey, as oh, dude, Ben Schwartz as Teo was extremely funny. Just like he plays this funny, arrogant, comedic. You know, great lines. Voice. Oh man, so well done. I recognize his voice. I couldn't quite pin who it was, so I actually just looked him up before the show. Yeah, Ben Schwartz. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. If anyone's seen the live action Sonic the Hedgehog movie, or I should say the CG uh film, it's it's uh it's the same guy that voices him in, in that movie. Such a great pick for a, a I definitely film. know him as um John Ralphio from Parks and Rec, and he's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. He's also from uh, Bob's Burgers. I think is that another yeah. big oh, series he was in. He plays like this droid that is kind of the opposite of a droid, right? He's the droid's like, I use my instincts, like calculations. Yeah. yeah. You know, you he know, says, who, no, you gotta um, trust your gut. <laughs> he reminded me a little bit about uh of L three from Solo. Just a little bit. I think it was like the arrogance, yeah. the arrogance that he has is, is kind of reminiscent of, of L3, but not, not quite the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love when he's like, he's like half dead on the ground. He's like, I can still race. <laughs> just like stuff like that. Just like, you know, it's like, uh, man, it's so ridiculous that I just, uh, it reminds me of B1 battle droid humor or something like that. Yeah. It was Not pretty fine. silly. Where are my arms and legs? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's some good gags. I really enjoyed him a lot. I would say he was, without a doubt, the standout character in this episode. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would love to see him come back just for the antics. Yeah, he just gets repurposed for something. Yeah, yeah. Would we go? Should we go as far as saying he should join the crew? Should they get another <laughs> another pet? I mean, another NPC. Pet? I, I would NPC. I wouldn't mind seeing him all the time. You know, if that's what it took. If he if he was just like that droid that they kind of like have on the ship and bring along on the missions and stuff like i, I think i'd like that because the bad batch like as a group they're other than wrecker they're, they're not really funny like no like, they're all they're all serious yeah like tech is really serious like hunter's really serious crosshair is really serious echo is really disturbed and serious you know like <laughs> <laughs> no it's true there's yeah. no comedic relief no yeah like this droid like teo adds so much comedic value and and wrecker is kind of like that dumb that dumb big guy who's just kind of like 
dummy funny Slow. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like, but yeah, <laughs> Teo was just, Teo was just like, I just lost it. There was a few times where he was just so funny. I was like, man, this guy, I really hope he come, you know, he comes back. Because um, his antics actually, going back to Resistance, did remind me a lot of, um, I'm blanking on the guy's name, the alien guy. Uh, which guy was that? I actually looked it up just before the show. And oh, I yeah. Miko uh, anyway. or something? Or Nico? Yeah, say Nico. Yeah, with the yeah. name Nico. Yeah. yeah. I, at first, I thought you, maybe it was the same voice actor, which but, obviously it wasn't, as we discussed here. But uh, I think it must have been just the antics reminded me so much. Yeah, you're, you're talking character. about the Star Wars Resistance uh, character. Uh, is it Miko or, or, or Nico? I forget. Is Nico with an N? Is it Nico? Oh, Miko is the the little is the raccoon from Pocahontas. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's all Disney. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you get the point. It's all Disney. Um, yeah. So in this in this particular episode, Sid uh, owes money to a guy named uh, Malegi uh, in 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 the race that Tao loses, and uh, this is kind of where the central of the plot is for this episode. Yeah, and uh, it really shows a new side of Sid that uh, we haven't really seen or haven't been introduced to because this Malegi guy, like at the end of the episode, kind of just says to uh, Clone Force 99, he's like, hey, just watch your back. You know, like Sid's not to be trusted. Um, has she always been a good guy? Like, has she always been, you know, more or less like an anti-hero protagonist sort of deal or like maybe she's got a really shady background that we just don't know about so like you said I, bryce like, i've always it is a, he's just racist against trandoshans <laughs> like all trandoshans are very evil yeah maybe, maybe yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe 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 she was one of the the trandoshans that that uh was part of the hunting team you know like that yeah she's a <laughs> Every, everyone hates background her, yeah. in wookie hunting yeah yeah i got <laughs> vibes like, like they were maybe had worked together in the past or something and she like betrayed him or people he knows yeah yeah i got that feeling too i, th I thought they knew they like they'd known each other for a while um so it, it you know I, it makes me wonder like like what bryce was saying like you know maybe it's a filler episode but then also maybe it could be just a foundation episode for like later on you know uh we're gonna yeah, get a plot that's kind of what i thought yeah because now Sid owes them. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. Now she owes them a favor for saving her skin, kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah. As far as the By race the way, goes, yep. Go ahead. The uh, the alien guy that uh, captures Sid or whoever, you know, like she loses the bet to him. He's. I, I'm positive he's one of the alien races we see in Maz Kanata's castle. Um, yes, he is. He's, he's the big guy that, uh, works with, uh, the first order, I believe, or the, the, the female spy that sits in his lap that then yeah, calls yeah, the first order. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly the scene I'm thinking of. Exactly. Yep. That is the same alien, alien species. Um, and his pilot is, uh, I guess he, she, I, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, the name of that character is Venom and, uh, that particular alien species was a pod racing species that we saw in the Phantom Menace. Um, and I forget the name of the pod racer that, that we saw, but, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was kind of neat to see. In fact, a lot of the pilots that we saw in this race were pretty cool. We saw a BX, uh, BX commando droid repurposed as a, as a pilot. Um, so that was so pretty neat. Two goofy 
protocol droids one with a replaced head <laughs> yeah i don't know how those were too pardon i think there's a 3po unit driving yeah yeah, yeah that's what's in the protocol droids yeah like I can't imagine a world where that would be a good racer. <laughs> you're you're right though. Like like this had resistance written all over it because the you know everything from the design of the pilots, you know makeshift kind of building whatever, uh, you know similar to the, some of the pilots in Resistance, some of them were wearing just repurposed Imperial armor or like whatever, um, and the actual ships which were cobbled together from other ships. Uh, like we saw one in Resistance which was a like cobbled together like half Tie fighter, half something else. And, uh, you know, and then there was that one which they met, you know, came up with from spare parts as well. A lot of these like speeders were also kind of like makeshift, like, let's just make something that's deadly and fast and, you know, as small as possible because uh, they got to fit through those crazy tunnels. So, I, you know, it really had resistance written all over it. Music, sound design, I thought it was all great. You know, sound design was fantastic. You know, anyone uh, working at Skywalker Sound should be proud uh david w collins fantastic job if you're listening to this podcast uh but yeah <laughs> it was it was great uh, I, th I thought the whole thing was was uh was fantastic so um yeah uh teo he's got a hilarious moment at the end where he gets run over and um you know <laughs> destroyed and uh uh tech uh, tech has a very uh, big dominic toretto moment in the crowd when they're all chanting his name and uh you know he wins the race. <laughs> yeah, don't Family. Into a mile. Winning's winning. <laughs> Extra accurate for this episode, too, because he did it to save, save Sid. Yeah, that's right. Family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Directors hired and fired um this is uh we love disney we love lucasfilm but sometimes creative decisions play a part in the ins and outs of creative leads hired to helm a show and in this case the post lucas era of star wars is filled with uh people who are not george lucas uh but this list is an article from the direct.com and it sheds light on each star wars project that has had some change-ups here and there ever since 2013 10 years ago as of this year which is pretty nuts because 10 years has gone by since uh, since they announced a lot of details in regards to episode seven and you know the creative team that was in charge of that uh, which is which is pretty crazy so um, can you believe it's been 10 years I mean wow no <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so the first up on the list is of course the force awakens you know um, and the first name that is brought up is Michael Arndt. So um, on October 30th, 2012, Disney officially acquired Lucasfilm and announced a new slate of Star Wars movies beginning with episode seven. A group of creative minds was brought together to piece together the next chapter in Star Wars, including Toy Story 3, Michael Arndt. J.J. Abrams was brought on to direct, but he quickly found himself overseeing writing duties. Seeking 13 months to develop the story, Arndt was fired and Abrams teamed up with the then consultant Lauren Kasdan to pen what became The Force Awakens. Lucasfilm uh, vied for the release to be pushed back a year, but Disney and CEO Bob Iger, seeking an immediate return on investment, settled for December 2015. Uh, what do you guys remember about all that change up way back when, with Michael Arndt, you know, getting uh, getting uh, tossed aside, which who was penning a script based on George's outlines? 
this was the guy who was going to do it. And then JJ kind of came in and replaced it because, uh, you know, he was going to be directing and he wasn't really seeing that story as, uh, I, I don't know if it was him or maybe like further up the chain, but, uh, you know, they decided to do something, uh, quote unquote, what George Lucas said in the Charlie Rose interview. Oh, for the fans. <laughs> for the for the fans. So, um, yeah, what, what do you guys remember about this? I don't remember this at all. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, did like Blake? Did you hear about this? Am I just on the on the? Uh, I guess I, I mean I, I was aware that Michael Arndt was working on it because when everyone was talking about Toy Story three, and then was like, mm-hmm. oh, the Toy Story, the Toy Story three guys working on Force Awakens, and then I remember. It's been so long. I, I vaguely remember this, but. Yeah. I really can't say any specific details. I all I remember is being really worried after he <laughs> he was kicked out of the group because um, and you know and yeah I say that with speculating um, as to what happened but uh, but I mean when our Michael Arndt was no longer part of the of Episode Seven which at the time the Force Awakens wasn't actually the the given title for that movie it was just Star Wars Episode Seven and. Uh, it was uh, it was a yeah. little worrying for me because this was the guy who took George's outlines, which is all that they had, and was penning a script. And it's like, well, what are you gonna do with 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 like, you know, this is the guy, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, this is the guy. Obviously, like maybe George had a hand in picking him or something. Um, these are George's outlines, and like it was very clear before the Force Awakens was announced as a title that they were moving away from what Lucas had kind of set up for the sequels. So this is kind of where all the this whole, you know, sequel kind of drama begins is is at the very start back in, you know, late 2012 and 2013 uh, when this whole change up kind of happened. And and I, again, I don't I have no idea what, you know, Abrams had to do with it or whatever. But, um, you know, and everyone's got their opinion on Force Awakens. But yeah, I thought it, this was this was kind of a big one for me. I remember this very very starkly. <laughs> did Michael Arndt? Did he have any like influence on on like what eventually became of things, or like, did anything he maybe. did kind of stick? Uh, you know that honestly, like I I have no idea. I I know for yeah. sure that if anyone has a copy of the art of the Force Awakens, there are concept art based on those original scripts um one of one or a few a few of them have been semi-recycled in a way you know variants made and and then later used in in some of the films um but uh, the story was was originally quite different and um not the same as as what we got uh definitely more of a direct sequel to episode six rather than you know, the movie we got, which which felt a little more like a spinoff. So, uh, Rogue One, Gary Whitta, longtime ILM supervisor John Knoll pitched the idea of Rogue One to Kathleen Kennedy as what was then considered an anthology film based on an episode for the unproduced Star Wars Underworld series. Gary Whitta was hired to write the script, but later dismissed and replaced by Chris Weitz. Uh, sorry, I'm botching that last name. Uh, whose final drafts differed greatly from uh, Witta's. Uh, Gareth Edwards, uh, when the film didn't come along as Lucasfilm expected, Gareth Ed- Edwards was uh, fired deep in the post-production process. Though he retained his directing credit, 
Tony Gilroy was called in and assumed command of the editing process, oversaw significant emergency reshoots, and restructured much of the film's plot, collecting a screenwriting credit for his work. Um, there's a lot of stuff on the internet about this already. Um, I don't know about the Gary stuff, but uh, I know the Gareth Edwards stuff was very much in the spotlight. And uh, Tony Gilroy, who uh, recently was you know, very intimately involved with Andor, um, was the guy who came in and, and helped with the reshoots. The rumor is that the whole Vader sequence and everything is pretty much credit credited to him, um, as well as the entire cut sequence in which uh, the main characters have to run across the beach with uh, the Death Star plans to the tower that they have to transmit from rather than it all being in the single same building. Um, so if you watch the back in those Rogue One trailers, there's a lot of footage that uh, was cut from the end film uh, because of the last minute reshoots and changes. So um, yeah, what do you guys remember about this one? Pretty much what you just said. I, I don't think I even was aware of the, the writing changes though. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Bryce? I definitely, I definitely remember, like, feeling... You, you know how, um, as far as, like, trailers go, the trailer for Rogue One, I actually noticed, like, it was a lot different from, you know, the movie. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of shots in the trailer that I was expecting to see in the movie, and it did, just didn't show up. Yeah. Like the TIE Fighter? That's yeah. always the big one, right? That's a, that's a huge one, right? Yeah. Right. Um, as far as... Um, as far as the directors and, and uh, writers and stuff, I guess I'm I'm a bit on the outs uh, when it comes to this stuff because I don't um, I guess I don't follow it. I know if you're following the rumor mill back in the day, it was kind of all over the place. Right. Like as we're going through the list here, it's feeling like every project has had some pretty massive changes. So yeah. I I don't know if people have just become numb to it. I don't really notice anymore either. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing, too, is, like, this happens a lot on just about any project, I would imagine. Like, you know, it's it's Hollywood, it's movies, it's big companies with a lot of money, like, you know, trying to find their story, and uh, it happens, right? But I think what surprises me is that the Star Wars stuff has always been very much in the spotlight. Like, there's a lot of people that just kind of, like, notice uh, when it comes to the Star Wars, like, you know, reshoots or rewrites or director change-ups or whatever like the, the fan community kind of just notices and and you know just goes on the record right so i'm curious compa- like reshoots all that stuff is pretty standard as far as i'm aware but as but directors being swapped out like does that ever happen in marvel films we just don't really hear about it yeah it does yeah and sometimes sometimes it is you know heard about or whatever but uh but yeah not not all the time and uh, I don't know, I feel like every single Disney Star Wars movie that's happened or show has had some kind of last minute adjustment somewhere, uh, which causes a lot of like production chaos, right? So yeah, Rogue One was one of those ones that was very much, very much in the spotlight, uh, similar to Force Awakens um, in a way. I bet, I bet if you ask some of these guys like Gary Whitta or, or like Michael Arndt, I bet you they'd be like, you know what? It was a bit of a blessing in disguise. Like, <laughs> yeah. like maybe maybe they're like a bit happy that they didn't, you know, go through it all the way. Right. So much pressure and a lot of them don't turn out. Our next one is Solo. All right. Phil Lord and Chris Miller 
One of the projects initially conceived by George Lucas, Solo was Star Wars' first true box office disaster. Co-written by Lawrence and John Kasdan, the picture was initially helmed by directing duo Phil Lord and Chris Miller, a.k.a. Spider-Verse. Uh, displeased with the level of improvisation, comedic approach, and the length of time spent on set, the pair were sacked midway through production by Kennedy. Ron Howard picked up the mantle quickly and completed the production on time with reshoots, but the budget for the film was ultimately doubled. The movie was released May 2018 at the urging of Disney, and for a multitude of factors, flopped, largely eliminating the possibility of sequels, though Howard is game to return if fan support is strong enough. And as of late uh, this past year, they actually did confirm that uh, Solo 2 was not on the table. So, um, yeah. That's actually disappointing. It is, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what do you guys remember about this one? I definitely remember this one. This was big news. Yeah. This was a big deal, yeah. I think it was the first time that this level of chaos actually happened. You know, doubling a budget is, is... not good <laughs> and after and after rogue one and the force awakens you could really feel like the pressure that everyone on this show is under to like succeed <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and you could also there's starting to be a trend of this behind the scenes chaos happening and i know when the news came out that they're bringing in ron howard people were you know quite concerned and I feel like this film had a bit of a lack of mojo from the beginning. Most people's response was, why are they making this? Right. Right. So it's one of those, I don't know if it, it was, maybe it was people talking online that doomed it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, people had pre-planned to not see it. And then kind of basically every, all the dominoes were set up for, for disaster. At least that's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, it's unfortunate because um, Solo is one of those movies that I feel like, at least in my opinion, I, you know, I actually enjoyed it. Like I walked out of the theater and I, I was did like, too. that, you know what? That was good. Like that was, that was a good Star Wars movie. And like, you know, like, yeah, it's not George Lucas, but um, you know, it was a bit like Rogue One where I was like, I walked out of the theater and I was like, dang, like that was, that was awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's a Star Wars movie. It's a Star Wars movie not done by Lucas. It's done by a completely different group of people, but it felt like Star Wars to me. And um, I don't know if it's like the familiar era that we're getting all these anthology movies. You know, at this point when that movie came out, that's all we had was, uh, was uh, I think we had the two sequel films and Rogue One. So this was like the fourth Star Wars movie that Disney had done yet. And you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was a mess, but at the same time, like, you know, the final product, I feel like whatever Ron Howard did, you know, he worked his magic and, and boom. So. I thought so too. I was really happy with it. Honestly, I had a lot of fun Yeah, and I, you know, I both walked out. We had a, thought we had a great time. My only caveat I had with it is I'm not sure if it should have been Han Solo. It should have been some other random smuggler. Even yeah. dare I say Dash Randar. Shout out to Phil here. here. Yeah. But, <laughs> but honestly, even just some rando, I, f- I feel like people, the thing that held them back was that it was, it was like a, another prequel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or someone playing solo that's not Harrison Ford. I feel like that, that. was a big part too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a what deal, is this X Men? It's a deal breaker for for a lot of people. This is the Adventures of Han playing in the background. <laughs> I feel like they, they just switch um they just switch that scene up where 
Solo gets his last name, and the guy would just be looking at him and be like, oh, you're just some random person. Yeah. I'm going to call you on rando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the history is com- completely on a different uh, different linear curve. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Han Rando! Han Solo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Han Rando. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. What do we got next? Uh, we have... The Rise of Skywalker. All right. So Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly. To conclude the Skywalker saga, director Colin Trevorrow was tapped to oversee episode nine in 2015, writing the script with frequent collaborator Derek Connolly. Jack Thorne was hired for... Oh, Jack Thorne. I think he did the um, stage play for uh, the Harry Potter 8. Uh, was hired for revisions two years later, but the story remained unsatisfactory to Kennedy and Lucasfilm. In September 2017, Trevorrow and his writing team were fired from the project titled Duel of the Fates. With little time to spare and a bumped release to December 2019, J.J. Abrams was hired to write and direct the final installment. Alongside Argo screenwriter Chris Terrio, the director delivered The Rise of Skywalker in just 18 months. The film was slammed by fans and critics for creative choices, with Abrams later lamenting that the sequel trilogy should have been planned. Oh, well, uh, JJ, you're so smart. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I think like, I agree with him. I mean, like this is kind of what a lot of people were saying even when episode eight was coming out. And you'll notice that episode eight isn't on this list. And... Um, it's funny oh, because yeah. uh, because it's true. There were no issues with that movie. Like from the get go, Ryan Johnson was hired. He wrote and directed that movie, and it went, you know, clean sailing. Kennedy, you know, in the in the press, like had nothing but good things to say about Ryan Johnson, and they also greenlit a uh, a trilogy uh, for for him to do at one point, and um, that is yet to be seen. But uh, but. Yeah, that movie went fairly well production-wise. So you'll notice that even though it's such a divisive movie, the actual kind of like, you know, creation of it was done fairly without issue, right? Um, episode 9, though, Colin Trevorrow, Derek Connolly. What do you guys remember about this change-up? I thought Colin Trevorrow stepped away. Not that he was fired. Yeah, so this article puts it in the sense that he was fired, but I also... Uh, remember there being quotes of him that made it sound like it was a mutual separation um, more so I, more so that they are the one hiring him as a as a you know they're the client right so he couldn't serve their purposes when it came to the writing of the story so they just initially you know they just decide well you know if you can't write a story that we want in time then you know we should call it and I think that's uh, it's kind of how it ended because maybe this is rumor. I'm not sure. It's been it's been a long time. But what I had heard was he stepped away because all of those the legacy characters were gone. Because they Luke was Force Ghost because of eight, Han Solo was dead because of seven, and then Carrie Fisher had passed away. Yeah, that I think Carrie Fisher really threw a curveball in in his script because she was supposed to be a main part of his story. And, you know, when she passed away, like, it's like, what do you do with that? 
So, you know, to rewrite his story that doesn't involve Leia, like as an essential part of the, of the, of the plot, um, you know, that's gotta be tough. Right. And the duel of fates or duel of the fates is, is a script that you can easily find on the internet. So anyone who wants to know what the rough outline of his story was, um, it's been leaked. I think there's been a fan who's like turned it into a graphic novel. Uh, there's cool. some, someone on YouTube who redid the entire movie uh, using action figures. And uh, <laughs> yeah, like this, this story is out there and there's a question in whether or not it would have been better. Um, you know, like I feel like this script, despite Leia's absence, like, you know, could have been better in many, many ways. Um but, uh, you know, like there's people out there who also love the Rise of Skywalker as it is. So, you know, it's, it's always hard to say. But, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think there's one thing that can be agreed, uh, agreed upon is this entire trilogy should have been planned from the start. You know, j just like George's six movie saga, you know, you sat down, wrote the outline and stuck to it. And like that's just kind of the only way to do a big film saga these days. That's what Marvel does, right? Like they plan years in advance. So... Um, yeah, Bryce, what do you what do you remember about this? Sorry, I forget if you did asked. They, or not. Did they did they always plan to have three different directors for each of the movies? Or like yeah. each movie? Yeah. So it was originally planned to have a different director for each movie. Yeah. That way I they could the overlap idea, production. And the, I think the idea was also that's what happened for the original trilogy. I mean, kind of. Yeah, I mean, the difference was George Lucas did the story, but it was three different directors that actually did all the, the filmmaking. Right. Yeah. No, I think the main issue is that, um, is that George the, Lucas wasn't overseeing the story. Yeah. <laughs> somebody somebody like, in that position. You don't have like, right. a, yeah, you need you need someone to kind of be like the figurehead, you know, mm -hmm. like all of them. You know, it's funny because like we're talking about this as if it happened way in the past, but, you know, really didn't happen that long ago, I feel like. But I don't know. Wow. The last 10 years is kind of people are just, flash. People just want to move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. I like to think of it in the past. So maybe that's why I feel like it was a long time ago. Yeah. Let the past die. Destroy it. <laughs> Kill it if you have to. <laughs> that's never Kill it so relevant. If you have movie. to. Ray. Do the fates. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, next up on the list, um, Boba Fett anthology film. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? This is a movie that doesn't exist, so uh, we'll just play this one. All right, Josh Trank. In 2014, Simon Kinberg was hired to write an anthology film centered on Boba Fett. Josh Trank was later brought in to direct with a release target of 2018. When Lucasfilm caught wind of Trank's disastrous Fantastic Four production, his appearance and reveal of the film at Celebration 2015 was cancelled, and he was subsequently shown the door. <laughs> Ouch. Um, James Mangold, reports of a revived effort on a Boba Fett film came in light in early 2018 this time to be written and directed by Logan filmmaker James Mangold. When the movie was left off uh, Disney's release slate for the targeted 2020 window, Bob Iger explained that there would be a slowdown on Star Wars films following Solo's poor performance. Mangold maintains a solid relationship with Lucasfilm, however, having served as the director on the forthcoming Indiana Jones 5. So, 
that's the story of the Boba Fett movie. Uh, as we know, it was later turned into a series instead of a film. Uh, the details of those stories having been changed for the show, I have no idea. But um, what do you guys remember? I'm this curious one? about that. Uh, how much they saved for the 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 series we got on Disney Plus. But I, when this happened, I do remember this quite vividly because it was a huge deal that Josh Trank, like, just I, I think he had like a, a breakdown on set for Fantastic Four, and then it just everything just snowballed. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad because I remember you telling me quite a bit when this movie was announced with him uh, helming as director that. Um, you, you know, you really enjoyed Chronicle. I did. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I really enjoyed Chronicle quite a bit. Um, say, but at the same time, it might be the same issue that uh, some of the other directors have had, where they have a really a film that does really well, and it's more of an independent film, kind of artsy, and then they get given like this massive, multi, you know, even billion dollar project, and then they just can't handle it. Like it's. The production yeah. between the two just be so different. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's. I think honestly, in my own speculation, I feel like the script for this Boba Fett movie just wasn't solid enough that they probably didn't keep anything. You know, other than the fact that we see him crawl out of the Sarlacc pit, I think nothing else was kept. Um, just because of how much involvement that the Boba Fett show has with The Mandalorian, which at the time of this movie's announcement, The Mandalorian hadn't even come out yet. So, right. you know, uh, maybe yeah. for all we know, they got turned into The Mandalorian. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, that's that's hard to say. But uh, James so Mangold, though, like that's that's a cool brand name to bring up. I mean, it's cool that he's involved with indie. Was the original plan to have a movie and then they turned it into a series? Yeah, well, that, that's what it looks like to me, right? Because, like, this movie yeah. never happened. And, you know, and then the next thing we get is a Boba Fett Disney Plus show. So, you know, I guess, like, the the real question is, like, how much was recycled from the, you know, no longer produced movie into the Disney Plus series? And, like, my speculation is probably nothing. Like, they probably just started over from scratch and, you know, recycled the same character into a story in which he crawls out of the Sarlacc pit and then we go from there. Um but his initial reintroduction to the series was in Mando, right? So it makes me wonder if nothing was kept at all. And, you know, they were just like, you know what? Like, let's just toss him in Mandalorian. We'll fill in the gaps later uh, with with his own show. And, you know, Robert did such a great job with that Mandalorian episode. That's like, oh, well, let, let's just give the show to him. So, um, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, you know, whether you like it or, or hate it, you know, in terms of Book of Boba Fett, I mean, you know, we got what we got. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, like I recently rewatched the whole show and I think I was saying this on a previous podcast episode, but I actually didn't think it was that bad. Like it, like I, I, I did enjoy Book of Boba like a decent amount. Like, yeah, there's things that I still don't really like, but I mean, you know, overall, like it's, it's an enjoyable story and there's some pretty good moments in there. So you know, maybe it was just that the bar was so high from Mandalorian. I think so. I think maybe that's what it was. People just connect with Mando and Grogu so much that it's like it's kind of hard to to top that, I guess. But um, I know we we sp I remember speaking to uh, when we had Jess on from the Boba Fett fan club, and you know, it's like she had her 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 uh, things that she liked and disliked about the show as well. But I think overall, I think it's just like if you're a Boba Fett fan to the core. 
like I don't think there's any Boba Fett story that that people are just gonna just absolutely despise, right? Like it's like you just love the character, right? If he's slinging a gun and looking awesome, like you know, there's something to enjoy. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I do want to say I almost am a little bit disappointed that there wasn't a James Mangold Boba Fett film because I think that would have been super cool. If it was anything like mm-hmm. Logan, I I would love to see it. Yeah, you know what? That's a that's a good question. It's like how different would the character approach have been if James Mangold had helmed the the, the show instead of Robert, right? Like would they have made him a softer more protagonist character that you know joins a tuscan raider family or like would they would they have kind of kept it to more of like a gritty like you know like we don't you don't don't really see his face all that much kind of guy right you know that's that's definitely a big question um all right obi-wan kenobi the anthology trilogy um this is a bit of a story stephen daltrey Before being greenlit for a Disney Plus series, a project focused on Obi-Wan Kenobi was being developed as a film. Lucasfilm approached star Ewan McGregor in 2015 about reprising the role of the Jedi Master after the actor expressed interest in doing a spin-off film, and a deal was quickly made to begin development. Stephen Daltrey was hired to write and direct by 2017, with Hossein Amini later joining the writing team. It was later revealed that the film was being developed, uh, that the film was, was uh, film being developed was the first in a trilogy, with the Boba Fett film out as a candidate for 2020 following Trank's dismissal. The Kenobi movie was expected to take its place until Solo happened. Lucasfilm abandoned any plans for future spin-off films, and Daltrey was let go, as the odds of seeing an Obi-Wan project dwindled. Um, so this was kept more so under wraps. This was less in the spotlight than a lot of other things, only because the rumors of Ewan McGregor returning to play Obi-Wan was out there. But then until they finally announced the show, I don't think a lot of people realized that this was intended to be a trilogy of films, you know, back when the anthology thing was a thing, right? Because you guys remember when Rogue One was being marketed as a Star Wars story? That was an anthology film. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so like solo, <laughs> solo, a Star Wars story, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Like th- there was going to be a whole lineup of anthology Star Wars films with, you know, a Star Wars story. So we probably would have had like Josh Trank's Boba Fett movie probably would have been called Boba Fett, a Star Josh, Wars story. <laughs> Josh Trank, a Star Wars story. Yeah. And, and you guys don't think they're going to do that anymore like are they done no they're the like that's the thing is like they are right like like a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when when bob I, after solo happened like that was the big curveball that i think like they just didn't expect this movie to do so badly that they realized okay we got to change our marketing or the way that we're doing these stories because like we can't just keep doing this you know whatever this is is not working so um when Disney Plus became a really successful thing and John Favreau and Dave Filoni kind of knocked it out of the park with The Mandalorian, I think a lot of these ideas that they had for film, you know, in the theater style stories, they probably just took those concepts and just said, hey, let's just make a show. Like, let's just make a season. And then if it goes well, we can make another one. So, you know, Book of Boba Fett, I mean, you know, maybe we'll get a season two. Who knows? Um, but Obi-Wan Kenobi, I mean that got turned into a 12 or how many episodes was it six six episode season and whether we get another one or not i mean like if we if we did 
you know, they'd have to probably make it interesting and maybe even make it without him fighting Vader again. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that it was a trilogy of films to me is, is quite uh, fascinating. Um, did you guys recall any kind of word out there, you know, being spoken of the Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Star Wars story? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I had like vague rumors that it was a movie before it was a, before it got made into a, or announced as like a, a TV show. But hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. You know, there was a lot of speculation, people wanting it to happen, but I don't. I didn't hear anything about it officially. Yeah, yeah. I know it's it was it was very kind of kept under wraps. I do remember some brief kind of whispers, but not not anything official until. They announced the show. Um, all right. Ryan Johnson's untitled Star Wars trilogy. Uh, Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy were so pleased with the smooth production of The Last Jedi that their working relationship with Ryan Johnson, um, they announced as the writer and director who would take the reins of his own Star Wars trilogy. The news broke during a quarterly investors call with Bob Iger in 2017, November, a month before episode uh eight <laughs> theaters sorry uh the backlash um the film received since has been well documented and no forward progress has been made on brian johnson's trilogy in five years while johnson maintains that he hopes the project will happen his focus on the knives out franchise has led to limited communication with kathleen kennedy between the lack of movement on the trilogy and the general fan disinterest in johnson's return the movies are unlikely to happen, though the director's project has yet to be officially canceled. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where the status is. It's kind of sitting in limbo. And I remember about a year or two ago, someone tweeted to Ryan Johnson, like, hey, is your Star Wars trilogy still happening? And he replied with a tweet yeah. being like, yup. Yeah, <laughs> with with a little yup, like... And then fist bump. Fist bump, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, just a little yup. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just because Ryan Johnson on Twitter, but I, to me, I, I always felt a lot like trying to be snarky to the haters. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was totally his just way of kind of being like, yeah, suck it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, okay, like to be honest, like the guy makes good movies. You know, like, like, like I said at the beginning of this list, it is incredibly hard to make a good Star Wars movie that everyone likes. Right. Yeah. And for, for him, sure. for him to be thrown into the sequel trilogy to make the middle chapter, which according to a lot of authors and, you know, well uh, acclaimed film directors who make trilogy of films, the second one is always the hardest to do. So like, you know, like how is a guy, how is a guy supposed to be a creative filmmaker when when you're so locked into like what came before and you have to set up what comes next you know and you know the at that time the force awakens had already received a you know decent amount of like fan criticism for for various things so it's like you know what are you going to do right and uh you know you obviously want to surprise people and you know make it a movie that people don't just kind of guess the whole thing before it's out um you know i think the best call would be to just put him in a place in which he can make a Star Wars trilogy, but, you know, make it outside of the Skywalker saga, you know, where that people feel so kind of 
you know, all of us, like we feel so protective over, you know, the main series of films, right? Yeah. It's, it's a touchy subject for, I, I, I sort of agree with you. Uh, Cause I, I actually really like Ryan Johnson's films and that's why I was excited when he was going to do episode eight. Yeah. Uh, I really liked Looper a lot. And since then, yes, like yeah. I, I really enjoyed knives out and I haven't seen glass onion yet, but I'm planning to watch it because knives out was so good. Yeah. So, and he's one of the, as we talked about earlier, he's one of the few directors that has these these more independent films kind of doing his own thing, but was able to handle all the the weights and the stress of doing a franchise. Mm-hmm. The problem I think lied in with uh, with Ryan Johnson and Star Wars, at least personally, was he he didn't seem to care as much about following the lore and sticking to the the rules that George had already established, which to right. me, I think is where a lot of it falls apart. Cause I think, and maybe that he, he tried too hard to be, to go against what people were, were guessing, which honestly, there's so many, there's so many big fans they are all going to speculate all the time. So you're, you're never going to be able to trick all of them and still have a good story. At least, you know, that's my opinion on that. But, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah, uh, but the the first point about him, I think he's because he's he's such a creative that he just wants to do his you know do what he wants, right? Not work within a, a pre-established uh, box of rules, which is the one thing that makes me a little hesitant about getting another trilogy. Mm-hmm. But I, if he's able to uh, not like break stuff then i would i would still be interested yeah maybe it's just one of those things that he just needs story group to have more kind of say in his script you know if it's if it's anything like lore breaking material or you know pre-established things in the canon that shouldn't be tampered with like maybe someone just needs to be the guy to step in and be like no you can't do that right like like i think star wars needs a kevin feige sort of voice in the mix which it doesn't have right like like that's I think why a lot of these Star Wars shows are being so successful because like it just works, right? Like like there's people making these shows that like you know Dave he just knows he just knows the franchise well he just knows the series well. Um, Andor it was done extremely well in a way in which it didn't tamper with any crazy lore stuff, but it was a really high production, great show you know quality wise production wise executed a story really well. And uh, it was about a character that not a lot of people knew about, uh, you know, in terms of like what came before Rogue One. So it made it an interesting story to kind of see like where this character is going to go. So if, if Ryan Johnson was given his own creative liberty to come up with his own characters, you know, and just kind of make a story that didn't tamper with a lot of big events in the can And he's not allowed camp. to have force users. Yes. Yeah. No force users, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I would love to see a movie from him, you know, in, in that regards. Right. That's a good point. Yeah, I think he'd make a really good, like a series or a yeah, yeah like an Andor, Andor type series. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I think he's he's talented. He just needs to play to his strengths. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that is on the list. Um, but again, you know, we're not sure where that trilogy stands. Maybe they're just letting the fandom cool off for a little while before they bring him back. But, uh, you know, in the professional world, you know, they have a good relationship and, you know, I'm sure we'll see in Ryan Johnson again someday. Uh, Benny and Weiss, the untitled film series. Um, this is a, this is a good one. Uh, 
David Benioff and uh, D.B. Weiss, uh, a bombshell was dropped in early 2018 when Lucasfilm announced that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss would be developing a series of films in conjunction with Ryan Johnson's trilogy set in a new era for Star Wars. Their work was scheduled to commence following the completion of Game of Thrones' final season, which the duo reportedly rushed to dive into their films. The poor reception of the season and the pair's urge to get it out were the beginning of their falling out with Lucasfilm. Following a peculiar mega deal with streamer Netflix, um, it was announced that Benioff and Weiss's Star Wars contract had been terminated on October 2019. Reports indicated that the project was to be centered on the origins of the Jedi, but the ideas have been shelved. What do you guys remember of this? So with you, Brian, um, uh, Blake, yeah. What I recall was this kind of all happened after the fallout of the uh, the last season of Game of Thrones. Right. Yeah, I mean, like that—that's definitely part of it. Like, like, like they got the contract with Lucasfilm and then the final season was coming out, which they were in production with. And like the, the rushing of getting that done to get to the Star Wars stuff ultimately, I think assisted in kind of maybe being a falling out or a series of falling out events like that. They just, you know, didn't, didn't really see that as like, Oh, well no one liked the game of Thrones finale season. So like, you know, what the heck are we hiring these guys for? So, yeah, that would have been so awkward. Yeah. Showing up on their first day and they're just like, all right, ready yeah. to work on the new Star Wars show. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're just like, Ugh, yeah. Yeah, uh. yeah. No, I think that it's like, it's kind of like in my head, I just picture like two guys trying to like lift a shelf and, you know, mount it on the wall, you know, with delicate collectibles on top. And then someone behind is like, hey, guys, come and help me with this. And then it's like happens to be this like amazing thing. So they just drop the shelf and just go running. Right. And then smash all the collectibles. You know, that's just like that's just like that is exactly what I think like happened. You know, like they, they built up Game of Thrones to be this. They got show. so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Mess Game of Thrones up. Yeah, I th- I think they <laughs> that's, literally that's just kind of what I thought too. Yeah, <laughs> really? that's that's what I thought. Yeah, when I when I saw that final season, I was like, dang, like this was really rushed. Like I know they had a crazy budget for this season, but like you know, so there was less episodes. But um, yeah, like whoa. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I feel like more. You- uh, more. I'm just glad we have more. Uh- more things for people to be upset about Star Wars fans. Yeah. About yeah, yeah. Now they can blame Star Wars fans for ruining Game of Thrones. Yeah. And then they didn't even make a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they dropped the ball to come running to Luke's film. And then because they dropped the ball on the other thing, they ended up, you know, I don't want to say it's like, again, like it's not clear. Like, you know, this is all speculation, but um, I don't think it helped. Right. And then the next thing we know is they're taking a contract with Netflix to make stuff for them. So, you know, goodbye Star Wars series. But um, the the idea that it was an Origins of the Jedi story, again, that's all rumored. Um, who knows what it would have been about, but... Uh, but would it be cool, though? That, yeah. Like it like, was kind of like an... an not, not like a very... I don't know. Because we have that... There's a, like a really old... Um, I think it's Expanded Universe now, right? Like the comic series about yeah. the Tales of the Jedi? Yeah, the yeah, Expanded Universe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's lots to kind of work with there. There, like, there is, yeah. If they use it, yeah. that is, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, Andor. 
that is next on the list. Steven Skiff in November 2018, Bob Iger announced that Rogue One prequel series, uh, uh, I, I, I Rogue One prequel series following Cassie and Andor would be coming to Disney Plus. The show was pitched as a spy thriller project with the Americans writer Steven Skiff set to serve as showrunner. Script issues arose and Kennedy contracted Tony Gilroy to come back and uh, take a look at the story, who instead developed a manifesto for what he thought the show should be. Gilroy joined the team for Andor full-time, initially set to write, direct, and work alongside Skiff. In late 2019, Skiff was uh, released from the project entirely, with Gilroy taking over as showrunner and hiring a team of directors. The series was reworked to be comprised of two 12-episode seasons, the first of which has received near-universal appraisal from Star Wars fans. Um, so this is going to be a short-lived one on the list, but uh, I actually didn't think there were any issues with Andor, and then I read this list, and I was like, oh, I didn't know about that. Um, yeah, it's a surprising one. Yeah, it is a surprising one, because, like, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about Andor, like, a lot, lately but um what do you guys think about this you know in, in hearing all that hmm. what's shift known for the americans shift um yeah yeah the americans i've never seen it um you know i haven't either yeah um uh, wall street money never sleeps if anyone's seen that uh he doesn't have a whole lot of lot. He doesn't have a whole lot under his belt. Um, he w- did the screenplay for American Assassin, which is a movie that I saw. Uh, that movie was pretty good. It didn't receive insane reviews or anything like that, but um, I thought it was all right. Wait, is that the one with Hayden? No, it's the one with uh, Dylan O'Brien. Oh. Yeah. And, oh, I see. Uh, I see and yeah. uh, uh, what's oh, his face? Yeah. What's his face? Batman. You know. Huh. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, bit of an interesting little thing there. Uh, not every Star Wars show is perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, again, I didn't hear anything about this until you brought it up in the article today. So this is this is totally news to me. I yeah. thought the pro- project was really smooth. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit bit curious to uh, to read that. This is one of the only times I think. Well. For whatever reason, they let this guy go, you know, ended up being a good thing, maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Kind of yeah one of the yeah. first times that's happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, J.D. Dillard's untitled Star Wars film. J.D. Dillard and Matt Owens. Word broke in early 2020 that Slate writer and director J.D. Dillard signed a deal with Lucasfilm to develop an untitled Star Wars movie working alongside Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. writer Matt Owens. The specific nature of the project remains a mystery, though early reports suggest that the Sith world Exegol could be a focus. But the film never began production, or pre-production, as Dillard revealed in November that the project and his partnership with Lucasfilm had ended. Um, This I had no idea. Um, I recognized the name, J.D. Dillard, uh, I remember it being somewhere on one of those kind of like, should we uh, take it with a grain of salt articles? So, you know, maybe there was some negotiations to be held. But um, did you guys hear anything about this? Nope. I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's about like um, Palpatine makes a cult. 
Yeah. It's about him like gathering all these like weird people on a planet. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I actually am quite curious about what's going on with that. Like, were they always there? Yeah, and maybe they were going to explain it. Set it up. Did Palpatine find them? Like, I don't. I don't know if they ever explained that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> There's still some holes to fill, I think. So maybe this film is is needed. Um, 30 years of Palpatine slowly indoctrinating his friends and family yeah. into a weird cult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, uh, I never really liked Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm going to be honest, so this isn't really yeah, a I huge, didn't either. No. <laughs> so it's not a huge deal breaker. Um, but yeah, Sith World of Exegol, I mean, it was that's obviously a very new concept and uh, came out of J.J.'s script for um, Rise of Skywalker, so... You know, maybe it had something to do with that. Maybe it didn't. Uh, who knows? But either way, it's over, and I don't think we're missing out if we don't know what we're getting. So, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what's uh, what's the next one on our list here? Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. We're back to Obi Wan Kenobi, the show this time. Stuart Beatty, one of the original writers for the Kenobi trilogy. Uh, Stuart Beattie spent over a year developing the film on which Obi-Wan Kenobi series was based. The writer left the project after the movie was cancelled, but his works live on in various moments on the Disney Plus show, including the incorporation of Darth Vader as a main antagonist. Uh, Hossein Amini, uh, the first writer hired to help Daltrey develop the Kenobi film. Kathleen Kennedy grew unhappy with Hossein Amini's less hopeful story, and pre-production was stopped in early 2020 when Amini was fired. Joby Harold joined the project for rewrites, which involved major changes as he and director Deborah Chow fought to center Obi-Wan's story on Leia and how the relationship would later pay off with Ben Solo. Production finally began in 2021 following COVID delays and new scripts with the series dropping in time for Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. Uh, so that clears up a little bit of stuff. I actually didn't know that... that Deborah Chow fought to center Obi-Wan's story on Leia because of Ben Solo. And to be honest, I don't really know where the connection comes in. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking. It's not like I that. really made that connection after watching it. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I I still can't really see it, honestly. Like maybe just the relevance of having Leia die in episode nine was reason enough to kind of use her as a main character at some point. Like not really sure but you know what you should do is you should tweet at deborah chow and ask if she wouldn't mind sharing the specific uh moments in the in the kenobi show that was supposed to pertain to ben solo yeah you know what that's a good idea i think we'll do that right after we finish up here yeah uh right because honestly now that's piqued my interest i'm curious because yeah. i didn't pick up on that either while watching the series because yeah. there aren't a lot of connections between obi-wan and ben solo right so it's hard to it's hard to see the connections i don't know yeah yeah i don't know um rogue squadron uh patty jenkins during disney's investor day event in december 2020 Kathleen Kennedy announced that Rogue Squadron would be the next theatrical Star Wars release, aiming for a holiday 2023 arrival. How exciting, guys, this year. (laughs) Uh, Wonder Woman's (laughs) Patty Jenkins was revealed to be directing what was described as a pilot story featuring X-Wings. Dora writer uh, Matthew Robinson joined the development team to write, 
though the extent of his work is unknown. In light of Wonder Woman's 1984's poor reception, word broke out in late 2021 that Rogue Squadron was in trouble and would be missing its release date, something later confirmed by Kennedy. Uh, Taika Waititi's film was tentatively bumped into the 2023 slot while Jenkins worked to refine her movie's script, exiting Cleopatra to do so. Uh, what was once a delay now seems to be a worse fate for the film, as Rogue Squadron has been removed from Disney's theatrical calendar. As Jenkins is presumed to have joined the ranks of fired directors, uh, with Luke Solman Disney's troubling tendency to struggle with project development, there are a number of films and shows on the horizon that could lose creative leads. Uh, the next Star Wars movie won't be released until 2025 at the earliest barring a calendar shakeup with Avatar 3 and leaving plenty of time for a few more fired directors to earn their wings. Uh, <laughs> the wow. person writing this is getting a bit clever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I gotta be, I, I gotta be honest, like Patty Jenkins, she did come out and, uh, and post something online about uh, her involvement with Rogue Squadron and cleared up a lot of the shenanigans that people were, uh, assuming had happened and uh, a, 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 her update is that Rogue Squadron is still happening and that uh, nothing has happened in terms of her association with the film and uh, it will eventually come out but um, you know priorities were were reworked at uh, at one point and she did send out like a huge long I think it was like an Instagram post or a tweet or something kind of clearing up some of the rumors and based on the date of this article uh it seems to be i forget if uh, this might be slightly around the time that she posted that update so um you know it might even be this article that caused her to kind of come out with um clearing up some of the truth so definitely take this chunk as a grain of salt because uh i don't know how much of it is accurate but um based on just like you know the promo material that we have for rogue squadron that little video that they did and um, the idea that we're getting a movie on uh, X-Wings. I mean, there's a chance that we could still see this movie. So what do you guys think about it? I still really want an X-Wing based movie. I think that'd be super cool. I really want it to be um, something in, in the light of. Um, oh, gosh, how am I blanking on the name right now? That Tom Cruise one. Top Gun. Mm. Top Gun. Thank you. I think that'd be super cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Top Gun, Top Gun style Star Wars movie would be pretty sick. Yeah. It's it's like Disney. They have. You'd have to be very confident a movie's going to be made to like make a make a release thing like they did for Rogue Squadron, right? Like to put her in a video, release it to, for everyone to see. Like. Yeah. So, it's true. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be very strange if they didn't make it now. It'd it would be. Hard be. To, it would be. But then again, guys- it, it's a bit like that show that never we never saw the light of day, that um, Rangers of the New Republic. Did they make any video teasers? No, well, no, but there was like a logo done up and everything. Like it was like right. it was a show that was going to happen um, in the <laughs> what you what you mentioned there, Blake, uh, the Filoni verse. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, that just that just ended up not being a thing. I guess I don't know. It, it kind of like happened around the same time that um, uh, what's her name, uh, Gina Carano, um, exited Star Wars. 
So yeah. um, it's around that time that that show was was put in, put on the shelf. So I guess she was a main part. But maybe they just didn't see any kind of you know maybe maybe other things happened that they were like ah oh, yeah you know what we actually don't need this after all. Um, so yeah, I mean based on the Mando three trailer, we are going to see some returning characters that you know may have been in in that show and uh, you know pilots and whatnot. Uh, yeah, what's his name? Appa from uh, <laughs> from. Uh, <laughs> Help me out, Blake. Uh, Kim's convenience. Kim's convenience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of was Airbender. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I'm like, Oppa, I know this name. What is it Oppa, from? Yip, yip. Yip, yip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, Blake, what are your thoughts on this one? I am surprised to hear that it got pushed. This is, as um, Bryce was saying, it seemed like this was going to be a... Like they're going full ahead with it, right? So yeah. this is news to me that they pushed it. I still want it to happen because it seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, like it seems, seems like they really don't have faith in you know if like someone's thing bombs, they're like, oh no, now yeah. you're gonna make our thing bomb. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. Like, like I don't know, Wonder Woman and kind of Game of Thrones and a lot of these previous failures, they can fail for other reasons, not just the directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, but, it's true. I don't know. I guess it's a it's a risk that they're not willing to take. Right. Actually, need to step out. I apologize. I gotta go right now. Oh, no worries, man. All right, we'll catch you later. All right, Bryce. Just you and I. Let's 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 power through this thing. Taiko Atiti's untitled. untitled Star Wars film. Um, Taika Waititi and uh, Christy Wilson Carnes announced as part of 2020 Star Wars Day festivities. Taika Waititi and uh, Christy Wilson Carnes were tapped to pen a new film. With the former serving as director, uh, Waititi's immediate attention was given to Thor Love and Thunder, which was met with backlash from Marvel fans and critics. Uh, the untitled film is now in a state of limbo, as Waititi has been trying to figure out the story for three years. But it might be shelved for good, as Damon Lindoff's project aims to be the next release. Um, Which is what's that project? I don't know, actually. I haven't. Damon Lindoff. David. David. Damon Lindoff. Yeah. I. I uh, honestly, I, I haven't heard anything about this one. Maybe it is on this list, but um, hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, what What did you think when uh, Taika Waititi was was Taika Waititi was announced as as a director for a Star Wars movie? Well, he seemed to be, he, you know, he's had his hands in like a lot of different stars projects. So it seemed like the natural course of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, I think we're getting a bit what TD'd out in Hollywood and, and films and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. like yeah. he's just been doing so much. And didn't yeah. he, he directed a Mandalorian episode or two, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he was, you know, he's. He was cast as a, the IG-88 droids. And, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I could, I don't know. Uh, th- this one, for some reason, I feel like isn't going to happen. I don't know. It, yeah, no, I, 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 have, I have a good feeling it's not going to happen either. I mean, you know, nothing against the guy, but, you know, I just it just seems like yeah. one of those things that is like, I think Ryan Johnson's trilogy is probably more likely to happen than this one. Um, oh really yeah yeah i, I do actually <laughs> you know i mean there's been nothing about that right right like no yeah the, there's there's been nothing but i feel like it's going to be one of those things that just sneaks feeling, up like, yeah i got a feeling you know it's just like celebration's gonna 
kind of come around the corner and uh, shake things up. Yeah. They're just going to be like, you know what? Ryan Johnson's coming back. And you know, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, all right. And what, go ahead. Yeah. Who's, um, who's Christy Wilson Cairns? What has um, she been? That I, I actually don't know. Um, let's, let's okay. take a look here. Chris Rich, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it doesn't, look oh 1917 she was the writer on 1917 oh no that's pretty cool that's that pretty that was that was pretty awesome yeah okay other yeah. than that other than that she hasn't really done too much else that i recognize huh. bunch of shorts but talented writer what do you think do you think watiti can make a good stars you know what like i think given his own kind of like deliberty to pull something off like without having to make it relevant to another story i think he kind of like Ryan Johnson, I think he could probably pull off a pretty good Star Wars story, you know, because like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, he only directed a Mandalorian episode. That's not saying too much because, you know, it's probably written by somebody else. But um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, he's got some good comedy, com- comedic value to him. And uh, I think he has the ability to make some pretty good characters, like even though Love and Thunder, the Thor movie, did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I did. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, say what you will about it. I thought Christian Bale's villain was was really well was done. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think he has the ability to come up with some really good characters and just kind of help pull out a really good performance out of the actors. Um, if he's got a writer under his belt, like Christy Wilson Carnes, like who did 1917, maybe we could get a really good, like gritty yeah, kind of I rebel movie or something. Yeah, like maybe like a kind of like um that battlefront twilight company novel or something just like about the rebel troops like maybe maybe focus on a new set of characters and you know yeah you got some I'm comedy like you the, got some action. the battle scenes from solo kind of like gritty right yeah 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 stuff like that right like i think yeah maybe he could pull off a really good movie but i guess it's yet to be yeah. seen so it would all be it would all depend on like the 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 type of humor because i think sometimes with td movies they you I don't know. He almost like his personality kind of takes the whole movie over. Totally. Like totally. his personality is almost stronger than like, you know, you think of it as a Watiti movie first and a Marvel movie second. Yeah. Which is yeah. pretty crazy. But yeah, it's almost like Ryan it Reynolds. Been, it's like if Ryan Reynolds is in a movie, yeah. it's like it's a Ryan Reynolds movie. It's no longer yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. franchise it's part of, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those ones that either they do really well or just maybe just bomb. Yeah. Uh, Lando, Justin uh, Samin, uh, al- among among the many Star Wars Disney Plus series announced during the Big Investors Day event, Lando has drawn the least amount of chatter. Intended to serve as a connector to Solo of some kind and developed by Dear White People's Justin Samin, uh, the biggest holdup for the project appears to be lead actor Donald Glover's busy schedule. Lucasfilm still maintains an interest in completing the show, but Samin wouldn't be uh, at fault if plans fall through due to lack of movement. Uh, you remember the Disney con- uh, conference that they had when they like showed the title like card and everything for Lando? Uh, like for this movie? No, I don't yeah, remember that. Disney Plus show, but yeah, like um, okay, yeah, yeah, it's it yeah, it's a little curious. I mean, like it's still up in the air. Was it still... when they was it when they unveiled all of them? Like, yeah, they... yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So Lando was one of those one of those things. Uh, so yeah, maybe we'll maybe we're looking at another dead project. Who knows? But um, you know, this is probably the closest thing to a solo two that we'll probably get. 
uh, I would imagine it takes place after Solo, just, you know, based on the way it ended. Um, but I mean, There's yeah. so many canceled Star Wars stories and anthologies. Maybe they just need to make like a series kind of like a um, um, Star Wars Visions, but just like a, a series of just short episodes of all these <laughs> characters in them. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would you prefer to the show to take place before or after Solo? Um, man, I don't know. Uh, I think after, you know, the rise yeah. of Cloud City and like that, that'd be very cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd, I'd want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a story we don't have still, which is good. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Damon Lindoff. Oh, here we go. Damon, Damon Lindelof, untitled Star Wars film. All right. Um, reports of a Star Wars film being written by Watchmen creator Damon. L oh, that's what he did. Uh, broke earlier in the year and were recently uh, corroborated. Shortly after Star Wars Celebration in May, Lindelof uh, held secret writers room meetings for two weeks with key Lucasfilm executives and co-writer Justin Britt Gibson. The story is said to take place after the events of The Rise of Skywalker with the potential for characters from the sequel trilogy to appear. Uh, this is that one. Um, there, did you see the rumors that, uh, or the post that Daisy Ridley was at Lucasfilm in uh, California? Oh, just doing some like discussion about this possibly? Well, she posted a photo of some prop or, or statue or something that was in the, the halls of, um, I believe it was either LDAC or... or you know, somewhere down there where they have like a, you know, maybe at the ranch or something. But, um, but yeah, she was at Lucasfilm and people were freaking out because it's like, oh, Ray's at Lucasfilm. Like, what the heck? Um, yeah. So that's where these rumors come in. But um, how do you feel about a story taking place after? Because, you know, obviously this isn't confirmed yet. Celebration this year is around the corner. So maybe we'll get some confirmation there. But um, how do you feel with a movie set after The Rise of Skywalker? I mean, they either have to do something with the sequel trilogy or or bury it as yeah. far as they can <laughs> right like they, yeah. Yeah. but they can't let it sit in limbo i no, think I, that's the yeah. worst thing yeah i agree yeah that's so. that's definitely yeah 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 I, I you know i'd say like as far as my two cents on it i would say like it's i think if they pull off a good story and they don't tie it in to make it an unofficial episode 10 you know, just kind of make it its own thing and just have it take place somewhere else with other characters. Like, I would be fine seeing small appearances of some of the characters we had in in the sequels. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't want it to be that unspoken thing. It's like, yeah, this is just basically episode 10, you know. Um, yeah, it would be a really tough sell. It would one. be. Yeah, it would be. Charmin Obad Chinoy, in a surprise move given her Pakistani exclusive body of work, Lucasfilm hired Miss Marvel's uh, Charmin Abad Chinoy to direct Lindelof's picture. Um, she joins a growing list of Marvel creators to be tapped for a Star Wars project, though her fellow alum don't have great histories of sticking around. Turnover in the director's chair is possible any time for still developing the film, and if Lindelof goes, she is naturally probably to go as well so you know it's, it's stapled onto the end there uh sean levy's untitled star wars film um word broke out that deadpool 3 sean levy had been tapped to helm an upcoming star wars film which was later confirmed by the director himself the current plan is for the director to see his deadpool duties through 
to completion before moving over to Star Wars, but the film is reportedly different than the other projects currently in development. With no attached writer announced, the movie could be over half a decade away from production. That is a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Cool. Well, I love Deadpool. You love Deadpool? Yeah, for a for a Deadpool type movie, I'm yeah. not sure what kind of Star Wars story we're getting in six years. Yeah, can't wait. In, in six years, we're gonna get salacious crumb a Star Wars story. Yeah. <laughs> salacious crumb. Oh man, I mean, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, this guy. I mean, clearly, if Sean Levy is gonna be doing a Star Wars movie, there's a good chance we'll see Ryan Reynolds in Star Wars as well because um, yeah. Sean Levy's been involved with Free Guy and um the adam project so he's got a good working relationship with with ryan reynolds and yeah i don't know how i feel about this one i mean like so long as he can really kind of change up his style of storytelling and make it not a ryan reynolds comedy um then i think we're in good water because those have all been good movies that he's done it's just they're all very kind of similar in terms of the style right so yeah, um, it's about the same situation as the as a Watiti movie. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kevin Feige's untitled Star Wars film. This is also big news. Um, after years of begging the MCU and Star Wars fans alike, it was revealed by Marvel Studios that Kevin Feige would be stepping into a galaxy far, far away back in 2019. Uh, he would serve as a producer for the film alongside Kennedy, uh, but with his Marvel duties being all encompassed, the time frame for production and release hasn't been set. Um, so this could easily go away, but I remember the the buzz around Kevin Feige being announced that he would join Star Wars. And uh, do you remember anything about this? Um, man, I must live in a hole. <laughs> That's all good. What What are your thoughts on 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 F- Kevin Feige doing a Star Wars movie? Okay, so um, what is Kevin Feige famous for? What movies? Well, he's he's just the guy that kind of helms the MCU. Like he's he's like right. the head honcho of the MCU. So like for him to produce a Star Wars movie, I don't think he'd be directing, but um, he'd be kind of right. guiding guiding the story and you know doing a number of other things. Um, his involvement with Star Wars, though, like you know, is there like if you just look at any Marvel movie I don't ever, know. like <laughs> it's a tough one, right? Like, yeah, it's like it, it just seems like he just seems like a big name. Like, does yeah. he want to do Star Wars? Is, <laughs> yeah. is, or the, does he just need something to do? Because what do you do after like you know a, the Titan that was the MCU? Yeah. You know, well, and it's still it's still going too. Like he's still, he's still going. I guess. Yeah, is he like, still dude, like he dropped too? like news on like phase okay. five, six, and or four, four, five, and six, like all in a day. Like they 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 were like, yeah, here's the next like ten years of Star of Marvel movies. Okay. Like, I don't know how he's going to find time to do a Star yeah, Wars. Come movie. on. Yeah, there's no way. Chill so I, yeah, chill. It's like I I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, silly. Kevin, come on, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael, along with uh, Marvel people, this is uh, this looks like the last one on the list. Um, Michael Waldron, as part of a larger deal with Disney, Loki scribe Michael Waldron will be penning the script for Feige's film. Uh, Loki was awesome, so that's cool. Um, in May, the writer revealed that he was deep in the process of developing the story, one that will be disconnected from the other Star Wars projects. Uh, a director for the film has not been named yet, though Waldron's strong working relationship with Feige should see their film through to completion. Uh, there aren't many Star Wars movies in the works at the moment, and for a good reason. Uh, the method of hiring Hollywood's latest greatest and then sacking them uh, after one lackluster output isn't a winning formula. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy has discussed the need for commitment with uh, from uh, from the creative minds she brings in, but that needs to be reciprocated by Lucasfilm. Uh, while some of the fire directors and writers were likely deserving of their fates, it seems that Lucasfilm and Disney can get trigger happy. Stephen Daltrey, for instance, didn't need to lose his job. Obi-Wan Kenobi was fine as a series, not special, but could have been gotten a, a, a movie treatment. The fallout from Solo's box office bomb changed the whole approach for Star Wars and is easy to question if the wrong lessons were learned. Um, yeah, you know, and I'm going to ignore the rest here, but um, that's a, an interesting point. I mean, like, do you think that the bombing of Solo kind of they learned a bad lesson like do you think that you would prefer star wars movies rather than all these star wars shows that keep coming out or like what's the deal i mean at this point i feel like we've seen more success um via the, the star wars shows yeah would you agree yeah i, I mean like I, I would i would say that the success of the shows has definitely you know like you can't be missed, right? Like the success of Mandalorian too, is maybe especially. because is that, is that maybe because like modern star Wars, do you think it fits a, like a TV show format better? Or do you think it's just that they're incompetent at making movies? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, I think it's a touch of both to be honest. Yeah. I think like star Wars has always been designed to be episodic. Right. So like for, for a star Wars show to happen, I mean, like this was George's idea like for Star Wars to be a show. I mean, like he's the guy who came up with mm -hmm. Clone Wars every week. So, um, you know, it was just like, it, it, it is a natural fit for Star Wars to take place on. And, and I think that's why the animated shows just kind of never, uh, rarely, rarely, they're rarely a miss. I mean, like they, they tend to always hit the right note for me, but um, the live action shows, it's always a bit, you know, it's like, you know, it's always uh, it's always a bit questionable, and I think it it usually comes down to maybe just like the rush aspect of not having mm -hmm. um, the the time to plan out this this epic story. Because like you know, you look at any of the George Lucas movies; they were planned years in advance, and you know, Obi Wan Kenobi was like slapped together in in less than three years, and and it's like okay, well. Yeah, discussion started way earlier, but I mean, like the movie was canceled. We took some concepts, we made a show out of it. It's like, you know, and you get the person directing it is is you know she was a guest director on on Mando, if I'm not mistaken. So you know, got a good working relationship. All right, yeah, let's you know you want to tell the story, cool, let's do it. Um, I don't think that's the attitude that they should have for, for like a lot of things, and yet I think it's just the way that they just tend to go about it, just because like, you know it's it's a money machine you know it's like they make more money in a year with all this more star wars stuff the more star wars stuff they put out the more money they make you know aside from solo so i think that obviously plays a part in in yeah, the they're fact just gonna that, do whatever's profitable yeah. yeah yeah and then when you have so many star wars shows on the go at the same time problems tend to happen and you know continuity tends to be broken and um you know the list kind of goes on but uh i i do miss going to the theater to see a star wars movie i mean seeing as the last yeah. one that was there was rise of skywalker like i think it's about time that we get another one um i'm willing yeah, to wait for like it. a while hey yeah yeah and and here's the thing like i'm willing to wait for it if they just told us just straight up we're gonna our, the next star wars movie and and unlike the other ones where it's you know they've announced a year and just never came through with anything um it would be nice if they actually said this is the movie we're gonna do 
this is the year that we're going to release it. That's the date, you know, much like some of these Marvel movies, like they hold their date true up until the point where it comes out like years in advance. Um, you know, here's our director, here's the writer. Uh, we're really excited to do this movie. And meanwhile, enjoy the shows that we're going to be putting out on Disney plus. Like I'd be totally happy with that. Um, yeah, I think the issue is transparency. Totally. Yeah. Transparency is key. I mean, like, you know, I think the main issue here is like, they'll announce something and then just not do it. And then it'll be like, Oh yeah. You remember that thing that they did, which is exactly what we're doing today. You know, looking back at all these things, I was like, yeah, you remember when that was announced? Yeah. 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 And then it just never happened. Um, so yeah, I think like, that's also a big thing too, is just like commitment to the creativity, to the process, you know, commitment. I, mean, commitment. I don't know. Maybe, maybe solo has made them realize that lesson and maybe that's how they're going to take it from now on. Maybe they're just going to take it a bit more slow. Yeah. You know, yeah. quality rather than quantity. Right. And in the meantime, like make the quantity TV shows while they work on the quality of the movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can uh, hope. Yeah, well, yeah, only one one can hope. Yeah. <laughs> one can hope. <laughs> All right. A huge thank you to our co-host, Blake, who has been uh, so fantastic over the last uh, little while with the podcast and coming on each week. And, of course, our good friend Bryce as well, who is... Um, been uh, more than willing to stick around this late in the game as well as every other time he showed up on the show i mean it's so great to have friends who love star wars chatting about star wars and you know wanted to have them on the show and uh, then wanted to come on and you know it's 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 really it's really awesome and we love doing this we love doing this as a hobby uh you know it's uh it's not a money-making machine guys i mean this podcast is ad-free doesn't make a single cent so uh, we do love to see our numbers grow, though, and um, would appreciate if you could leave a five-star review and share this show with a friend. So speaking of which, actually, we got something coming in on the comm link, it looks like. So yeah, let's take a listen. This is Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you're listening to Star Wars Escape Pod. Don't forget to leave a review that would make even Master Yoda proud. Uh, that's right. Make Master Yoda proud, and uh, you know we would love to uh, see those awesome stellar reviews that you guys can come up with on spotify apple Podcasts, or whatever platform is your choice if you have the option to leave a review that would be fantastic and uh ways to reach us at the podcast is our email twitter and instagram you can find us on instagram and twitter with the handle at swscape podcast all in the description of this podcast episode uh, or youtube wherever you're watching and our email is swscapepodcast at gmail.com Feel free to send us some text, voice memo, pictures, whatever. You know, send us your Star Wars stories. You know, we'd love to hear from our listeners. You know, you can just chat with us. Just chat, you know. Tell us, what, what's the first Star Wars movie you ever watched? You know, what would you think of this past week on uh, The Bad Batch with Faster? Or perhaps what is the most disappointing higher fire moment in the Disney era uh, that you heard about today? We'd love to hear about it. Join us on Swell with at SWScape Podcast. You can find us there for questions of the week. Join us on Discord. Get in touch in the forums. There's plenty of ways for us to communicate with you, and uh, they're all listed down below. Find our YouTube premieres happening the day after we publish podcast episodes at 1 p.m. on YouTube. We'll see you in there. May the force be with you guys, and we'll see you next week on Star Wars Escape Pod with so much more coming at you in light speed.